0: you ever thought about how many people it actually takes to make something happen? Whether it's a business, an organization, an event that's coming up, it could take a handful up to hundreds of people behind the scenes that you may never see to make something happen, to make an event or an organization run well. Take a business, for instance, they have folks that work in human resources, people that may work in the mailroom, in maintenance, in IT, in the cafeteria, in security, in customer service. Even though that company has nothing to do with those things, in order for it to run effectively, to run profitably, you need all sorts of people working and serving behind the scenes. As I've said already this morning, we've been looking at the idea of servant leadership for the past few weeks here at South Baton Rouge Church. We've seen the the source, the hope, the epitome of servant leadership in our Lord Jesus Christ. We've thought about servant leadership in the pastor, servant leadership and the elder. And this week, we'll be wrapping up this short series on servant leadership as we think about it in terms of the office of deacon. And in many ways, it's fitting for us, it's beautiful, I believe, that we we wrap up the discussion about servant leadership by talking about deacons. When we say servant leader deacons, it is kind of like the Department of Redundancy Department. Servant leader deacons, we could just as easily say servant leader servant. Service or deacon, leader, deacons, because as you know, the word for deacon at root is the word serve and service. And without the office of deacon specifically in the life of the church, and without the heart of deacons that, that we see throughout so many people in the life of a congregation, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ would have gaping holes. And crippling blind spots and deficiencies in fulfilling her calling and mission to reach people for Christ and to equip them to serve Him. Think about this. Where would the church be? Where would Christianity be without Christ-empowered spirit-led work of deacons and servant leaders? taking care of so many things behind the scenes, caring for stuff that's outside of the spotlight, helping the hurting, caring for the poor, remembering outcasts and refugees and widows and orphans and taking care of the physical needs of the church and the church body. Where would the church be without those vital, fundamental functions of service and caring and love. So this morning, I want us to think about the office of deacon briefly. And it's not just an exercise. It's not just another sermon. As you know, we're on uh, the cusp of nominating more elders and deacons in the life of our church. So my prayer is that this sermon and this series will help us as we prepare to nominate and train and elect more elder and deacons, servant leaders in the life of our church. And I think the place for us to think about servant leadership in the deacon, the best place for us to think about it is found in Acts chapter 6. You remember the book of Acts highlights the growth of the Christian church in those early days. And Acts 6 talks about what I believe is the foundation for the office of deacon in the Christian church. So the first thing I want us to think about is the need for servant leader deacons we find the church in its early stage of growth even in the face of opposition even in the face of persecution and at this point in acts the church has grown to somewhere over 5000 people most of them are most of these christ followers are still in jerusalem and god is working in an incredible way the gospel is going forth and in the midst of that There was a problem. Like so many situations in life, needs and opportunities for growth, they present themselves in the form of a problem. Let's see what Acts chapter 6 has to say. First of all, it was a good problem. The church was growing. God's message and the kingdom was advancing in the life of the early church. Secondly, There was a complaint. There was a dispute. There there were hurt feelings over the daily distribution of food that these early Christians were giving to the widows. Now let's stop for a second there and think that there there was a dispute and there was a complaint over something that was really good. These early Christians knew intuitively that they needed to take care of people who were hurting and in need. And so they they took action. They They moved toward the widows. It comes out of something that's very good. And in the midst of this distribution, the Hellenists, those who were converted to Christianity from Greek descent, they realized that their widows weren't getting the same amount of food as the Jewish or the Hebrew widows. So a complaint arose. And the the text doesn't tell us all the details. We don't know all that was going on. Maybe it was simply an oversight. There may have been a little of that thinking which says, let's take care of our people first, and then we'll give the rest to the others. Whatever the details are, we know that it was a problem, and uh, I'd like to think that there was uh, repentance and growth in the midst of it, The apostles recognized this problem and they noticed that it was multi-layered and many-faceted. So they proposed a solution. As we think about the need for servant leader deacons, part of the thing that we see from this passage is they proposed a division of labor. There was a problem and the apostles knew that they didn't have the time or the energy to take care of Or oversee the distribution of food to widows each day. They knew that they needed to focus on preaching and teaching the Word of God and praying for the people of God. So it says in verse 2 that the 12 summoned the full number of the disciples. They called all the Christians together and they said, It's not right that we should give up preaching the Word of God to serve tables. Now, it may be easy for us to think that this is a place where the apostles are like, look, guys, we can't do this menial work of serving food to people. You know, that's just a little beneath us. But that is really the last way that we should think about or read what's going on in Acts chapter 6. The apostles were giving away their lives to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. They'd been imprisoned and threatened by prison. They were committed to the movement of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I don't think we can say that they were prima donnas who didn't want to do any work or service for the kingdom. In fact, they cared so deeply for the message of the cross and the people's daily lives that they made their appeal. They called everyone together. They made their suggestion. They had a congregational meeting. I don't know what their congregational meeting was like compared to ours, We'll maybe find out one day. And uh, they called the people together because they wanted to help take care of the logistical needs of those early Christians. And those logistical needs the apostles knew, and we know, were also very spiritual, very real, very important needs in the life of the church. So here we have the foundation of the office of servant leader deacons. We see the need for it. And you know what? That need still exists. It still exists among us. We'll talk more about the role and the calling of deacons this morning. But you know that there is still a great need for servant leader deacons. And in in the life of our church, we have several active deacons. And they sense clearly and honestly that their work is good And beautiful and rewarding and from God. And they also know that they need help. That's one of the reasons why we're opening the nomination process for elders and deacons. The need, the call, the opportunity stretches way beyond the office of ordained deacon as well. I mean the heart of a servant leader, of diaconal service, it stretches to everyone in the life of the church There are so many needs, so many opportunities for us to share and show the love of Christ with people. That servant heart should grow within us. So may God help us identify deacons to be trained and elected. But may God work in us the heart of diaconal service as we care for So that's the need. We see it in verses 1 and 2. We also see in Acts chapter 6 the calling of servant leader deacons. Deacons are called. Acts 6 gives us a glimpse of that and 1 Timothy chapter 3 confirms it. And it's powerful that the apostles called the congregation to choose these deacons. They were actively involved in the process. And notice some of the things that are mentioned as essential to this calling, the qualifications. What should we look for in deacons? What should be present in deacons? It's really, really interesting that the first and foremost front and center qualifications for deacons mentioned here in Acts 6, mentioned also in 1 Timothy 3, are not that these guys are amazing servants. It's not that they had to present some sort of resume where they highlighted all their volunteer hours, highlighted all the service projects that they had been a part of, which are all really wonderful things. The most important things that we see from this passage have to do with their life, their reputation, their walk with God, them walking in wisdom. Think about this. It's rooted in who they are, Not in what they do. We naturally think about deacons and we think about all the stuff that they do, don't we? You know when the Bible talks about deacons, it hardly, it barely talks about what they do. It talks about who they are. It talks about their character and their identity in Jesus Christ. So as we think about identifying folks to serve as deacon, we should look for folks who... We should look at their personal life. What does it look like? What is their home life like? It goes back to those priorities in servant leadership that we talked about weeks ago. Being committed to one's relationship with God and their family and their church and others. It's the same principle that we talked about last week from Acts chapter 20. That elders are called to take care of themselves and the flock of God. So as we think about servant leader deacons, we should think about people whose lives are lived consistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not people who are perfect, not people who act like or present something that their life is perfect and their life is all together. We need people who are humble and honest before God and man who lean on the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. The text tells us that servant, leader, deacons should be filled with the Holy Spirit. It says in verse 3, Pick from among you seven men of good repute, full of the Spirit and wisdom. If someone's full of the Holy Spirit, it means that their life is controlled by, reigned by the Holy Spirit. Again, not perfect. Eager and willing to admit their need for Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy chapter 3 says that deacons should hold the mystery of the faith in good conscience. It's a deeply spiritual office. It's a deeply spiritual thing. Men full of wisdom. Just think about the wisdom that it took for them just to resolve this dispute among uh, the widows and how to distribute the daily distribution to them. Those are the same needs that we need the same things that we see in the calling of deacons. Servant leader deacons should be men of good repute, full of the spirit, filled with wisdom, just like servant leader deacons were back then. It's interesting also as we think about the calling of these men, it is a calling where they're set apart. The text tells us that Once the believers chose these men. That the leaders laid hands on them. And set them apart for the work. Now it doesn't mean that anything magical happened. When they laid hands on them. But they were set apart. To serve. In the local church. Commissioned by God. Through the church leadership. They were set apart. So let's think about. The calling of servant leader deacons. Let's think about our calling. People in the life of this church. We may not all be nominated or elected to officially serve as deacons in our church, but that principle, that lifestyle of diaconal servant leadership, it's something that we should all want. It's something that we should desire and want to cultivate and grow within us. The characteristics, the qualities, they're things that we should want in us. And Jesus showed us about it. You remember so many ways in his ministry, but one way in particular. How can you serve one another? On the night in which he was betrayed, he took up the basin and the towel, and he went one by one, and he washed his disciples' feet. Can you imagine how humbling and how overwhelming that task would have been for the disciples, their leader, their hero, their master, serving and caring for them in this, this thing that was reserved for servants, Jesus showed us the way service should begin at home looking for ways to care for your siblings your roommates your spouse it should be part of the way that we live with our neighbors with those around us the way we interact with each other as a church the way we view the world and think about our time and our schedules, and our money, is service, the heart of diaconal service. Is it on the radar in your life? It should be a growing theme, serving and caring for others. How do you use your creative energies? How do we use our minds, and our thoughts, and our prayers, and our strength? is part of it used for figuring out ways and and executing ways to serve and care for other people. One of the beautiful principles of Christian service, of Christ-empowered service, is that it's also set within the context of boundaries and rest and freedom. Freedom to say at times, you know what? I can't do it. I'm too busy. My schedule's too full. The gospel of Jesus not only gives us the freedom to serve, to serve courageously and sacrificially, it also gives us the freedom to take rest and to recharge and to heal. Remember what Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But it's still a yoke. And we're still called to live and move forward. But it's in the context. Of service to King Jesus, where there's rest and boundaries. Jesus is a compassionate Lord, He's not a slave driver. Even in the midst of our labors, He gives us rest. So, we've seen the need for servant leader deacons and the calling of servant leader deacons, and it it spills out into everyone, into the life of the church. The last thing I want us to see this morning is the blessing of servant, leader, deacons. Look back at Acts chapter 6 in verse 7. As a result of the apostles being freed up to spend more time in prayer and preaching and teaching the Word, and through the blessing and wisdom and work of these deacons, this is what it says, the Word of God continued to increase, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. A great number of priests became obedient to the faith. The message and mission of Christianity grew and blossomed and flourished, in part because of the faithful, beautiful blessing of servant-leader deacons. Overseeing the daily distribution of the widows, Was probably not on the top 10 list of the most incredible ministry initiatives in the first century. But it was one of the things that God used, unwritten, unglorified, probably behind the scenes. It's one of the things God used to bless His gospel going forth into Jerusalem and beyond and even it says in verse 7 that many of the priests these Jewish priests came became obedient to faith in Jesus Christ how are servant leader deacons how are they a blessing now first of all servant leader diaconal servant leadership is a blessing from Jesus to the church being part of the body of Christ part of the family of God is a very special thing. There are times when we need help. There are times when we need encouragement. And so many times, the people of God rally around each other through acts of service. Maybe it's in loading or unloading the moving thing. My family moved here almost nine years ago when I drove the the Penske truck up to the house, there were 10 to 20 people waiting for us to unload it, people that I've never met. Maybe it's seen when several feet of water inundated your home and folks came to help you pull up carpet and sort through photos and just sit and cry with you. Maybe it's in a meal that someone brings to your house after you had a baby. see the heart of servant leadership, that diaconal servant leadership. It's not just through the deacons. It's through all sorts of people in the life of the church. It's a beautiful expression of the body of Christ operating in a healthy way. Diaconal servant leadership is a blessing from Jesus to the church. But it's also... A blessing from Jesus to the world. Christians doing acts of kindness and service, it's been part of our playbook from the very beginning. We're not just called to care for the folks in the church, but to move in compassion and service to those outside of the church, into our neighborhoods, into our city, into this world. And the diaconal brand of Christian service, it dates back, all the way back to the early church. And there's so many examples throughout history. One example is when people in Rome had babies that they didn't want, they would take them to the garbage dump. And Christians would go and rescue those babies and raise them because they're young people made in the image of God. That's just one snapshot Think about all the the examples throughout history of Christians moving toward folks who need help, caring for the poor, providing a safe place for orphans, remembering widows, moving toward prisoners, receiving and caring for people who've lost everything. Those are central aspects of who we are. And how we're a blessing to this world. The heart of Jesus Christ is toward people who are forgotten and marginalized, the weak, the hurting, the invisible. And the ministry of servant leader deacons, specifically this heart of servant leadership, is directly in line with Christ's mission and Christ's message. Think about The blessing and the help of moving toward people and giving time and energy and resources to people with no expectations to get anything in return. No repayment, no strings attached. Think about the confusion if we or other Christians moved toward people in this world to help People who are maybe burned by Christianity or cynical about Christianity, who have zero belief or faith in God. Think about the way that they might feel when van loads of people show up at their house from another state. And they pour out and they're willing to help and they're willing to serve and they bring a casserole and an apple pie with them. why are you doing this? What do I owe you? How could I repay you? Oh, you don't owe us anything. You know why we're doing this? Because our lives have been changed by Jesus Christ. He's been so good to us and we We find great joy in sharing his kindness and goodness with other people. What an incredible testimony and blessing to the world. What an open door to share the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Tim Keller talks about this, these diaconal service things in the life of the church to the world as one of the growing and continuing hallmarks and anchors of the Christian message throughout the 21st century. Diaconal servant leadership is a blessing from Jesus to the world. Diaconal servant leadership is a blessing from Jesus for the church. Now, I'm not repeating one of the points in my sermon. I said it's a blessing from Jesus to the church, first of all, but it is also a blessing from Jesus for the church. What does that mean? Well, very simply... It means that we need to serve. We need to serve in order to grow. We need to serve following the lead of diaconal servant leaders. So that we can become the men and the women that God meant for us to be. Because when we serve, we remember we can retune and recalibrate our hearts and minds to the truth that the world and life is not about me. God made us He created us to care for and serve others. This can mean diaconal ministry in our church. And simple things like taking out the trash and helping clean up after a church social or stagnant chairs. Those are opportunities for us to grow and serve. It can mean looking for opportunities, taking the initiative in our neighborhoods, our surroundings, with people that maybe we're not so familiar with who are different from us, people who have a different worldview than we do. These are things that can challenge us, and they're difficult for us, but they're a blessing for the church. Service helps give us perspective. Folks have different struggles. Folks have different stories and different needs. It's one of the things that was so special and beautiful about the mission trip that we went on this summer with the youth group to St. Louis. One of the things that was so good is it because we went there and made this incredible impact it was great because we walked through neighborhoods that we'd never walked through before and the kinds of neighborhoods that we'd never walked through before and we invited folks to come to a barbecue on the 4th of July at the church. And we told people about a Bible club that we were having with the kids. South Baton Rouge Church, this is really important for us because because we're a church that has been blessed with some amazing people with a multitude of gifts and talents. And if we're honest about ourselves, we've been blessed with people who are probably mostly in the middle or upper class class. If not in the United States, especially in the world, we are the 1%. And so it's important for us to move toward, with diaconal servant leadership, people who are different from us. Not that we can make this huge impact on them, but so that we can be changed. It's as much about what we can learn and how we need to grow. So diaconal servant leadership is a blessing from Jesus to the church, to the world, and for us. And with that, we wrap up our series on servant leadership. I hope it's been informative for you, instructive, encouraging. I hope you feel just a little more equipped to think about the elder and deacon nomination process. But if there's one thing that you can take away, there's one thing that you need to know for the exam which there isn't an exam, but um, there'll be a pop quiz next Sunday. If there's one thing, one truth that I believe will serve us well in every stage, whether we're looking for servant leader pastors or elders or deacons, whether we're trying to become servant leader teenagers and boys and girls and friends, it's this, that we need Jesus Christ. If we want to see servant leadership grow in us and in others and in our church, we need Jesus Christ. One of the ironies of Christian growth and growth in servant leadership is that at, at each stage, with each step, what do we realize? Man, I need Jesus more than I thought. And at each stage, he is able and strong and faithful to carry us and lead us and guide us whether we're going through the valley of the shadow of death whether we're we're with joy on the mountaintop of life who's going to be our next senior pastor who should we nominate to serve as elder and deacon what's going to happen over the next weeks and months there are so many unknowns but one thing we do know is that we need Jesus maybe maybe Hopefully, we know that and sense it more than we ever have before. Let's pray.